0: Welcome to my virtual therapy room I'm Dr. Laurie Beth Bisbee and this is Sex Spoken Here. I am a sex coach, psychologist, and relationship therapist. I've created this show to provide a safe space to explore sex, intimacy, and relationship from all sides. I wanted to create a space where all types of people from all walks of life could talk about sex, sexuality, intimacy, and relationships. My mission is to take sex and conversations about sex out from the shadows and into the light. In this space, my focus is on authenticity, out-of-the-box strategies to deal with issues that arise, and helping people to become adventurers when it comes to their sex and romantic lives. With men, I haven't seen much with men because I don't have, I haven't seen that many recently older um, same-sex male couples. Yeah. I, I seem to be seeing mostly same-sex female couples.
1: Female sometimes. as well. Yeah. Yep. And what do you find? I mean, so on my own personal journey, I found like talking about cultural messages and understanding that in history was really important as kind of like, creating some space to feel normal. And like, maybe I could consider change. And then like what became important for me, I think was just learning how to like reconnect with my body. Um, That came in the form of a lot of things, but honestly, like just like reconnecting with my genitals in a way that like, I could sense that they were part of my body again. And And that, you know, if I experienced touch on my forearm or my arms or my legs that like, I could allow all of that sensation to like land in my body and be aware, like, not just in the moment of sex, but kind of like throughout my day, you know, like just like reconnecting with my body. And eventually, like that allowed me to start seeing what were the things I desired, like kind of tapping into like what I wanted. So that like, that kind of like somatic awareness became really, really important to me. Like, how do, how do you work with clients around that?
0: Yeah, somatic awareness is important. I, I tend to jumpstart lots of that. And, and I'll have people view erotic material and ask them to deliberately pay attention to that. Yeah. So instead of expecting, because sometimes the prescription for people is like, well, go and, and, and get into erotica and see what you respond to. And that's fine if they don't have this sort of problem. But if they do, then you actually have to direct people to pay attention.
1: Right. Right. So yes. it's like, pay attention. It might be a glimmer that shut down almost right. instantly.
0: Yeah. Right. So pay attention. Um, yeah. I encourage um, masturbation mm-hmm. as, as an easier thing than starting to responding the to the partner. But yeah. because you're responding to the partner's desires. Yep. And so that first... It, if you're not sure what you want, sometimes that's harder. It makes yeah. it harder to actually look.
1: Yeah. So, and I find there's also like, it's funny, I don't, I didn't really have any body shame per se or genital shame, but I did, so I went to um, Betty Dodson's workshop where she has, um, so for the people who don't know, like she's been teaching masturbation um, for, since like the seventies in New yeah. York. And you show up and you basically strip down right away and you sit in a circle of naked women and you talk about your history on day one and you do just genital show and tell where you sit with a little Pixar lamp and spread your legs and like, look at 12 other women's. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I didn't have body shame and I didn't have genital shame, but I did realize that even shy of masturbation, like forget even touching or doing anything with it. I realized like guys have this appendage that's really easy to see. It's right there. You know, they've been seeing it since they were little. And women, it's like, where is like, you know, <laughs> like I hadn't really explored in that way or seeing all the different ways that it could look. And it like, You know, I had always heard from my husband prior to that point in time. Like, it's so pretty. It's so beautiful. I want to spend time with it. But like for me, until I saw really how beautiful like 12 other (laughs) women's (laughs) private parts were. That's not how you word it with clients. I like the word pussy. Uh, But uh, like it didn't land to me how important it was to have a relationship with that part of my body. You know, and um, there,
0: there's that, which is so am- amazing. But also what I didn't know and I didn't understand was that I knew clitorises were different sizes, right? But I didn't understand what impact that had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a girlfriend who um, had a large clitoris that came well out from her wow. body. Yeah. And she could reach orgasm like this, right? Yeah. Ours is like really buried. Everybody is, but mine's really, really buried. I mean small and buried. And so it was like, gee, I wonder if that has anything to do with why it takes
1: more. I do prefer the vibrator with a lot of strength to it.
0: You know, so it's like, well, maybe that has to do with why it takes more and and different. And and it indeed it does, right? We're all different. But because we don't have them visible hanging outside the body it's it's harder
1: to know but the other thing is is that you're not seeing it all the time so you're you're not being cued all the time it's not top of mind that was one of the things i realized the most too was just if i talk about it if i think about it um you know the other thing in my bio was not only were we seeing this coach um and working in the ways that you and i are describing right now but i also was like as i was getting into it i was like I can't believe women don't know this stuff that I'm learning. Like, why weren't we taught this? Why weren't you and I taught this when we were younger? And so I like did this like daring thing of like writing, it's a public blog now, but at the time it was this private blog to just like a small subset of girlfriends. And I sent it to them and I was like, cause I asked my husband, I was like, can I talk about our experiences? I feel like women should know. He's like, sure, go ahead. So sweet. Um, and I sent it to those girlfriends and they immediately started writing me. And they're like, we have to get together in person and talk about this. So at the, almost at the very beginning of this journey, I sat down and talked to girlfriends about our experiences. And we had this rule where we couldn't give each other advice. The only thing we could do is share our experiences. So it didn't get into this, like, I don't know, just like, Oh, here's what you should try. You know, have you tried this? Like it was just this like really vulnerable place. And That was also really important to me too. It helped me have more of the sense of normalization and like every girlfriend had something that was going well for them. So there was like this inspiration of like, Oh, like I haven't tried that. Like, you know, maybe someone's not having great sex, but they fantasize really well. Or maybe someone's like figured out the toys scene or like all these things. And so that was huge for me just to be able to talk to girlfriends about it.
0: I mean, I think, you know, I think that that's such a big deal. And again, it's, getting support from other people and speaking to other people with similar experiences, even ones with different experiences, but just focusing on, on female sexuality and, 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 and our experiences is so incredibly important. And it's still not terribly common. Um, a lot of sharing goes in mixed groups. It's fetish specific or, or type of sex specific or sexuality specific. So you might be in a polyamory group or you might, you know, it's, 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 it's specific it there's, um, so while that can be nice because it normalizes things as well, but there's no sense of the wider picture. Yeah. And so I belong to a group in the UK called, um, Scarlet Ladies and they formed to get people to understand that female sexuality is important Mm. And um, and that and and to normalize things for women and, and that women need to talk to each other, um, and so they had this great campaign hashtag I talk sex.
1: Wow. Yeah. So
0: That's if, you that, if you put that incredible put that in Twitter, you'll find all sorts of stuff. Um, Fantastic. And it's you know it's about what and because the different the reasons we talk sex are are different. Right. The reasons that we think it's important to educate are different. But the group gets together. They have different kinds of activities. um, Weekly, mostly. Um, They have a couple of speakers a month. Some of the speakers are from in the group. Some of them are from outside. I've spoken a a couple of different times. Um, They have um, a a closed circle, support circle. Um, they've just done a development program that just that's just started so there's a lot of different things and and the venue's phenomenal and so it just it gives you the chance to create fellowship and and learn It's
1: so important I, it's I yeah anytime I you know invited to talk to like a mom like a new mom's group or um just like a go like a ladies night out gathering you know. Um, I'm always incredible, like incredibly great because it's funny because they'll like hire me to come in and talk to them, but I leave as full as they leave. Right. Just that, that community of women and the way that we can support each other and how relieving it is just to share the experiences. And then if you layer on like a little education on top of that or something else, like it's even, you know, even uh, more possibility. And I think one of the things is that it, that
0: one of my kind of soapboxes is, is encouraging not only the education and the talking, but the recognition that many of us have, we're still not, in 2018, sex is still not shameless, yeah. it's still not seen as a normal part of life, we're still not teaching sex education in a way that includes pleasure. In America, it's certainly worse than in the UK. Um, So abstinence is still the first thing that people are talking about. We talk about abstinence, you can talk about that, but you need to also talk about the pleasure that's involved
1: in your body, right? It's so censored. I'm on a panel next week about censorship. You know, even in, like, I was going to review some um, books that I really recommend for clients on Amazon. So I wanted to have in my bio, you know, just like, you know, my tagline is like helping the world talk openly about sex. And so I went to Amazon to like type that into my bio and I got the error message. Like you're not allowed to use that language. And it was just like, are you kidding? So I, so I changed my bio to helping the world talk openly about the word that I can't put here. How ironic, you know, um, that's today, that's 2018. Can't use the word sex in my bio.
0: And my, my, mine is um, take, taking sex and conversations about sex from the shadows to the light. Mm. So I guess I would have that problem too.
1: Yeah, we better, we better censor that. <laughs> I just really, I have, such, I have such
0: issues with this. But because of that, it's, 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 to me, my soapbox is about education. And it's about teaching people early and talking to people early and reminding people that all of this is normal. Mm -hmm. And that actually the things that are abnormal are much, much smaller, much smaller subset than the things that are normal. I despair if we don't actually do that because abstinence, abstinence never prevents people from having sex.
1: Well, one of the things that, um, when I did some research on what happened, so after I'd had my own women's circles, I put content out there for other women to do the same with their friends. And so, um, The women that have done that, I did research on them, kind of like pre-survey, post-survey. And one of the findings that I was most surprised about was the fact that um, not only did they feel normalized, feel inspired by the, the supportive community, and feel more capable and comfortable of talking about sex with their partners, which I kind of was expecting, all those things I was expecting. But one of the things that showed up that surprised me was that how many of them wrote I am comfortable talking to my kids about sex for the first time. Right? I mean, that's such a big thing. It's huge. And they they weren't, no wonder they weren't talking about it. They're not comfortable themselves. So how could they talk to their kids? And like over my bookshelf there, I've got a bunch of uh, books for parents to talk with their kids about sex. And I mean, I do. I do
0: do work around that with people because it's like, if you don't know, um, you know, sexual development starts at birth. So I do a lot of um, family court work over the years where I do assessments for family court. I can't tell you the number of times I've had um, a case referred where they're saying that there is sexualized behavior in the, three or, the three-year-old. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're looking for the person who's been abusing the child. And I say, what's the sexualized behavior? Well, he's constantly pulling on himself.
1: Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, that's what kids... That's normal. <laughs> Like You uh, see this picture from the ultrasound from the womb where they're holding themselves?
0: That's right. You know, it's like, it's like, that's normal. It's not sexualized behavior.
1: Please stop.
0: And actually having to educate social workers, you know, and, and medical professionals. It's
1: like, it's scary, right? We don't know how, I mean, even the consent conversation, like, um, you know, learning how to not just, like, have, help people have their no's and their yeses, but, like, how do you figure out if you're a no or a yes? And, like, you know, my kid's 11. We've been having that conversation for four years now, right? It's just, like, how do you, yeah, so you want to touch yourself. Like, let's just check, like, is this a good place for consent? Do you want to ask 30 people in your classroom? Oh, probably not. Like, okay, so maybe your bedroom's a nice place so you don't have to figure that out, you know? <laughs> like, but that's something you have to do. That's dirty and private. But like, right. just like, how do you figure out you want it? Oh, it feels good. Awesome. Yes, it does feel good. Like, okay, like, is it? Is this a good place for it? Let's check it out, right? You know, um, just be able to have those conversations.
0: Well, and it's hard because so many people aren't having those conversations,
1: yeah.
0: and so the conversation then becomes the the whole the meet you narrative without the stuff that actually needs to be in there. Yeah. I, would, I mean, I was dismayed that, you know, I mean, to listen to the conversation and to listen to all men being demonized or being asked to be allies, and, and I'm sitting in the audience in one, at one talk thinking, well, where's our part in this? Where's our part in this, right? Where's the place where we actually learn what we need and what we want and we learn to communicate?
1: Yeah. I think there's so much fear there, right? Like I was surprised I do this um, kind of guided meditation where people focus on like their heart and their belly and then their pussy, women. And um, just to begin to build awareness of what's going on, it's not meant to be like turn on exercise. It's just like what's going on there. And I've always thought of it as this like um, super empowering kind of exercise. And a woman came up to me at the end of that exercise and she was crying and she was like, I was like, wow, what's going on? And Cause I thought it was like tears of joy and it was tears of fear. Um, and she's like, well, the way that I keep myself safe is to turn that off. Right. And so now you've done this exercise where I'm aware of it and now I'm going to walk out there and I'm going to be in danger. And, and I can get that message, right? Like one way of keeping yourself safe is to shut it down yeah. and And that may seem safe, but 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 it's not, not, right? you don't have the choice. You don't have the ability to turn it on and off, and it's not as empowered. So we had this huge discussion, but it reminded me where most women are at. But it's not just that.
0: But it's not just that. What makes me so upset about that is it doesn't keep you safe, right? Being turned off doesn't keep you safe from a predator. Gaining 100 pounds, which is another thing women do, Mm -hmm. doesn't keep you safe from a predator. Predators are predators. Their job is to find prey. That's their job. Your job is to do everything you can to make yourself less tasty. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You don't take responsibility for them. You live your life, but you do what you can, like you don't walk down the street with your headphones on and Mm -hmm. texting, because that means you're not aware of your environment. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with having headphones on and there's nothing wrong with texting and being into your own thing. But there are people out there who are looking for that. So then you're making choices. If I know that, right? I know that's the way of the world. And if I choose to put my headphones on, then I know that I've raised my risk that still doesn't make me responsible if something happens to me, but I've raised my risk. And And
1: what happens too is if you've... if you shut that down, you miss out on all the pleasure in all those other times. That's right. And it's, um, I mean, I know because I like lived that way, right? (laughs) Like I was not connected to that. And I just just didn't know how much was in it for me because I'd never taken the time to explore that. And it's hard. Like, gosh, like you were saying, you know, prescribing masturbation. So it took me so long to figure out how to like, you know, make that work for me. Like, it have hard. It's hard work. You know? <laughs> I mean, that's another thing. It's like, that's supposed to be automatic,
0: right? Like you just know. Well, no, lots of people right. don't just know. Boys usually just know. Again, it's outside the body. It's kind of <laughs> more, right? more coin operated for sure. Yeah. Right. It's easier. It doesn't mean it's automatic, but it's easier. Yeah. But of course, part of the reason we don't know is because we don't talk about this because it's taboo because you know, of all the, it's wrong, it's sinful, it's shameful, blah, blah, blah. But we don't talk about it. So where are you going to go to learn about this? If you're not talking about it?
1: Us, you're going to come to us. Exactly. (laughs) I always tell people, I'm like, get more people on your team, not just me, like classes, workshops and blogs. And there's so much content out there. Um, You know, sometimes it's hard to find, you know, the, the, um, some of the things you talking about like so, oh, I can find a group for polyamory I can find a group for kink like for someone who's just like hey I'm in a long-term relationship with desire discrepancy. Where do I go? Like sometimes that's a little harder to find But there's great books and resources. And, yeah There's a lot. There's an
0: absolute lot um, And you've got a lot of stuff that you're doing. So can you tell people where
1: they can find you? Yeah, sure So um, my company name is down to there. So it has a little gesture down to there. My mom named that actually very sweet. Um, um, yeah, so down to there.com. And um, I have a tab called circles, which is where the discussion prompts are if you wanna host a conversation with your girlfriends. Um, and I have a tab called resources, which has links to a whole bunch of books. They're kind of by category, um, different um, categories, like talking with kids or women's sexuality and male sexuality relationships. Um, and so those are all there. They're all free, just so you can go see them. I have a blog um, as well at the website. So, yeah, I'd love for people to use those resources.
0: Great. So, the, like I said before, those links will be in the podcast notes if you're downloading from iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you download from. If you're watching this on YouTube, and the chances are I'm going to break this into two different YouTube episodes, um, on both episodes you will find in the comments section Wonderful. the blogs. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you. This was fantastic.
0: So... This week, we were talking about mismatch of desire, finding your desire, what to do if you're a woman and you have no clue where your desire went and are completely disconnected from your body. If you're going through something like this and it's triggered you, get in touch, email Dr. drbisby at the-intimacy-coach.com, drop an email to Pam Costa on her website down to there. And thank you for joining me for Sex Spoken Here with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Please write to me with suggestions for the show and any questions you want answered on the show. Again, that's Dr. Bisbee. That's B-I-S-B-E-Y at the-intimacy-coach.com. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram where I'm at Dr. Bisbee. YouTube channel, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And if you want a free 30-minute discussion session with me, go to HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash the dash intimacy coach.com head over to the contact page and click the button that says schedule. Now I look forward to seeing all of you next week. And thank you for watching. Thanks for tuning in. You were just watching sex spoken here with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. If you enjoyed the show, please leave me a review on YouTube. If you've been listening through to the audio only podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, please leave me a review there. And do head over to HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash the intimacy coach dot com to check out more of what's going on on my website and join my mailing list so that you have up to date information on all things sexy, intimate and relationship related. Thanks for watching.